How are you going? Hey, good, thanks, mate. We were just having a chat, all right, um, talking about, geez, wouldn't it be good to train a horse? Um, and Matty says I will want, he wants to be a horse trainer one day. Do you think he has the capabilities of becoming Matt, a, a trainer? Matty Stewart. Yes, Matty Stewart. <laughs> Stop giggling. Stop giggling. No, we were just no, fantasising about, you know, those little dreams you have when you're hopelessly underqualified, and the three of us in here couldn't put a bridle on anything. But I said I might start taking more notice when I go to – Track work on Sundays, and Maggie's going to get some riding lessons. Gareth's going to do the form. So between us, we might start with a greyhound. That's the testing ground, I reckon. Start with a greyhound. Yeah, but you can't put bridles on greyhounds. Well, that's why I mean it's a testing ground. Yeah. Right? Hey, Tiger, who um, could you teach, Matthew? Um, well, well, Gareth, you could do the form better than him because yeah. he's done the form all his life. He still can't tip a winner. Do you hear his quality numbers? I've... When he gives the quality numbers, I'm sure he's given Tapsotto numbers out. Well, they basically are. Um, but, you know, mm. he was all over Probabil yesterday. Mm. He changed his mind about five times. So, and I, Hang on, Tiger, you know the deal I struck with you was the same as everyone else who I owe money to at the moment. I said, Tiger, if Probabil runs a place, you get paid for the training fees for those picnic horses. If it doesn't run a place, you're completely screwed. So, you, you know, you, you understand the situation, don't you? I understand. And remember what I said to you last Sunday. I said, if you could please back Geelong, the slate's clean. <laughs> Tiger sent a photo around of me and Maggie and others of him riding a horse at track work in fully decked out in his Tiger's gear. So, I, I, yeah. I saw that. You must, yeah, um, you must have been happy with your boys there last night. Yeah, it was wrapped. I wasn't too happy at half time, but um, no, it ended up being a great night. It's like watching Winks in a way, Richmond. Um, and I hate to say it, I was going for Geelong there last night, but even then. When they were 22 points up, you thought you just never felt comfortable. You never really thought like Geelong would win because you, didn't, you, you, you knew that Dustin Martin would do what he did in the dying minutes of that second quarter to get you within 15 points. And then when the whips are cracking, the Tigers just find a way, Tiger. They do. They do. And Geelong, uh, sort of like they should, have put them, they should have been in front by about 40 points at half time. They couldn't put them away. Yeah. And, um, and then, as Richmond do, they just made an arm wrestle and and um, their defence was, was fantastic and, yeah, the rest is history. Gee, I don't think... Just a quick one, and then I want to ask you about the nags, but uh, is, is there ever been a better Richmond player? Because you're their most ardent fan, down to all your weird superstitions. So is Dustin Martin the greatest player to play for Richmond that you've seen, Tiger? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I watched the footy marathon the other night and um, they had the Geelong... Uh, Richmond game of 1967 yep. with Hart, Bartlett, Dick Clay and all them, Francis Burke and Fed Income. <laughs> it was the most terrible game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they have up the ante a bit with skill and pace, I reckon. Hey, Ty, you took Mel Destro, uh, our, our lovely little nag, to uh, St. Arna today for a first-up run for a picnic season that we don't know about yet, do we? Uh, and Maldestro no. ran a really nice race, by the way. But what's it like for picnic trainers at the moment with uh, the uncertainty? I know that the dates are sort of there's, – there's some dates that are sort of loosely been set, but are we still up in the air about what it may look like if it happens at all? Yeah, we are because, like, um, I wasn't going to bring those. Like, I've got Pistol and Maldestro in work, and I wasn't going to bring them in, but Gary Buckley rang me and said, oh, Bring them in because we're definitely going to go ahead. But um, uh, geez, it's 
Who is that person, Tiger? It's not Kate. I'm a passenger today, and we're nearly out of diesel. <laughs> oh, okay. If, if, only if only your owners paid their fees. Um, so, yeah, what did Gary Buckley say? He said, put them in work. Um, RVL really want the picnics to go ahead, and they need the picnics to go ahead. So, Starting um, Well, he, he said we we're going to probably go ahead like right now. and um, But last month, it was all like, put on put on hold a bit. So, it's a yeah. difficult one, isn't it, Tiger? Because it is, it is, because no one knows what's going to go on. Yeah. Like, it's like um, today, and, we thought we'd be out of the the, the we the, the the lockdown restrictions would ease, but there's another case, um, another few cases, an outbreak, and um, so there's no decision on 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 these changes. So we just don't. We live in an uncertain world. Yeah, and I think we're, we're going to have to get used to living with it, I think, and um, make provisions for it and maybe have pre-sell sold tickets and and have everyone um, wearing masks and things like that. And, Tiger, you know, we're the biggest uh, fans of picnic racing, so we are very excited for it to come back. But you've been involved uh, in racing and picnic racing for a long time and I probably lesser as extent in Victoria, but it seems to have really taken off the last few years at least in terms of uh, crowds and, and the local family day rather than, you know, heading to the metro races. It does have that um, family appeal, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. There's nothing like it. Like People that haven't been to the picnics, just they just don't realise how big it is with the crowds. And they have their marquees, and then you have your holiday crowds, and and people. Some people used to say to me, "Oh, they they just go there to back um, horses that are running in town." But you try and get on the fence to watch um, a race. You're ten and twelve deep trying to look over people's heads. It's just packed every time. It, it, it is, and I keep. Uh, I get tired of. You know, trying to make people go to see what it's like. But we still like it being our little secret as well, Tog. But your relationship with your son, Max, is uh, is so lovely. And uh, you and he was, I think, the champion picnic jockey last season. And you were e- equal champion trainer or, or second or, or right up there. And you wanted you, you basically introduced Max to the picnics and, and riding in a, in a way to sort of bond with your, your boy, didn't you, back, back a few years yeah, ago? Yeah, it was sort of with young Michael Kent, Jr., um, I was helping, like, so young Michael was riding and I was taking, we, we got a horse called a rally and, and King Henry and those horses. So we were going, Michael and I were going to the races and things like that. And Max was coming along as our strapper. And then Max said, I want to do what young Michael's doing. And I said, you've got no hope because he, he weighed about 80 kilos. And, um, so he, he just started riding horses and, and sure enough, he, he got a job with Mick, and then he got a job with Julian Welsh, and and got his weight right down, and yeah, and then next next thing he's riding in trials, and yeah, he was away. And he did have that successful season uh, last year, Tiger, but it wasn't without its hardships. He worked hard, didn't he? I know he worked closely with Karen uh, Flaherty in the in the gym, and getting his weight down was a real struggle. But he it really knuckled down this season, didn't he? Yeah, and he really has to. Like, he's, like I always joke to people and say he's only six foot nine but <laughs> he's a poor bugger he's tall and the weight he he gets down to is unbelievable he still rode like he rode baby cake at 63 this year 
and I told him on the Tuesday that she wouldn't be running, and then I accepted, and there was only five in it, and I said, hey, I'm going to run that horse. He said, you said we weren't going to run. And he goes, I'm 68 kilos. I said, well, you better get down to the sauna. So he worked really hard, and he had the one, run, but he really worked hard. And the poor kid, he couldn't eat. Sometimes he can't talk after a race because he's so dry. I felt so sorry for him, but I was so proud of him uh, towards the end of the season when he... He'd run him, he'd worked himself ragged and he was almost, a, not, he wasn't emaciated, but he was really at the end of it and dry, wasn't he, Tiger? I remember going to the yeah. pub one night and, you know, he could barely eat. And, it, you know, this is a, a fun little circuit, the picnics, but the, the, uh, the effort that, that goes into it for, for guys like Max and others is, is just the same as Hugh Bowman to get down to ride something in a, in a, in a Melbourne Cup, isn't it? Which is great, and I, I remember interviewing um, Maxie there on RSN Central, and it inspired me his love for the game, and it inspired me that it's it's not necessary. Sometimes it, it's such a, a sport that we get caught up with how much money you can win and how much is this yielding worth, and but we forget the grassroots sometimes, don't we? And I think that's the, I, and it always will be in my eyes the 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 the, the, the beating heart of this sport. Yeah, and all, all those jockeys that have trouble with their weights, they do they do a great job. Like, you know, you see them behind the barriers, taking you know, grab a wheel or taking a swig of uh, water and then having to spit it out because they're just so dry. And what they put their bodies through to be, you know, competitive to ride this 500-kilo animal and um, for their sport, you know, they just do a fantastic mm. job. Tig, we did something last year that just, it was a nice thing to do at the time and Gareth was there for the, um, the Bucken, you know, for the day before and, and, and the, and the Bucken picnics. It was a miracle that it occurred, but to get back there next year now seems an even bigger mission and an even more difficult one, but where that's our focus, isn't it? Basically, we got yeah. that access to that lovely little house on the lake there at, um, Lake's like entrance, and uh, there's those eels we still haven't caught yet in that lake. And but Maggie, Maggie's definitely signed up, and I reckon Gareth because it does coincide with my birthday every year. So I reckon that's our little mission: is to even if the races aren't on, we're still got to get back down there to, to to Lake's entrance. And what we can do is can we play golf at Bucken if the races aren't on? Well, we'll just have to get there and eat all those oysters and prawns and, and uh, have a few beers and and just relax. <laughs> well. Um, Tiger, hopefully you get that diesel and um, you get home safely. Uh, we're nearly in Ballarat now, so we should be right. Can 